This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for change makers who want to make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, and I love this, your self-worth is not determined by your net worth but your net worth is determined by your self-worth. And joining me on today's show is Elena Swartz. Now, at age 14, Elena suffered a traumatic brain injury and she was told that she would have permanent brain damage. And her mother, who didn't believe in the diagnosis, yay, mum, retrained Elena's brain for a full recovery. And today that is called neuroplasticity. Then after 18 years as an attorney and the EVP, of the largest independent music company in the world, she lost everything and her personal and professional life completely unraveled. And she became hyper-focused on rebuilding her life and rewiring her brain again for success and fulfillment. Now, Elena has created multiple six-figure companies and a beautiful life since. And as a business and mindset coach, what she does is she focuses on foundations, on strategies and systems and she uses those experience and her training to be the foundation of her work specifically with women. Now on today's show Elena is going to share with us having to work hard to succeed that is the biggest myth in business that your self-worth is not determined by your net worth she'll dive deeper into that as well as how to rewire your brain for successful outcomes. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Emery. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. I love, uh, you know, that when I read the introduction about your your mother, you're going to kind of say, I mean, how often are we told something or we hear something and we let that inhibit the actions that we take, the decisions that we make? And I love that. And of course, you've used the principles that helped retrain your brain as a young uh, young girl to as, a, as an adult. And I would imagine that now we're having the conversation at a time such as this, there are many, many people thinking that, I mean, there's challenges, of course, but what are some of the ways that we can do things differently? What is the hope? What is the possibility? What are the opportunities? And we often are limited by our understanding, our thinking. So we're certainly going to to dive in into that. Let's just dive in. Working hard, the myth, the yes. business. Yes. Yes. into this, Elena. Yeah, I I really love that. And thank you. And by the way, going back to what you said in the first place, I didn't know, like my mother didn't tell me until much later on that that's what the neurologist said. And it's probably very fortunate that she didn't. So I didn't know that. And and I think that makes a huge difference, right? Because once we hear something implanted in, you know, in our, um, that's limiting in our belief system, it absolutely changes our perception. And that goes to the question that you asked, which, you know, so many, I, I mean, didn't you learn growing up that you have to work really hard to succeed? Like if you want to do well, work really hard. And then there's, you know, entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, who, who touts that he works 120 hours a week. And if you want levels of success, you have to like work that hard. And to be honest, 
it's total bullshit. Because when you move in flow, when you move out of the hustle mentality, when you move out of the stress response and into your parasympathetic nervous system, you know, your brain then becomes coherent. And when your brain becomes coherent, both sides of your brain actually work together. This is total neuroscience. And when that happens, your brain acts as this like amazing antenna that taps into unlimited intelligence. And you are so much able to access far beyond what you could in our limited brains. And it allows us to come up with creativity, inspiration, ideas, solutions that we could never have thought about before. And then the other part of that is that working really hard, like when we're go like nose to the grindstone kind of working, then what happens is you are in that stress response and everything takes longer than it would if you were moving in a relaxed and calmer state. So this is just a bunch of BS that we've been taught and so many people believe it that they drive themselves to continue to work that hard, even though it's, it's really not true. And something else that I'll often see happen, and I'm sure that you've seen this too, that is when we start to get stuck into the busyness tasks. Oh, yeah. oh I need to be busy and, and we're still spinning our wheels. But as you say, we're not working on the right activities. You mentioned something, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because I don't think people really are aware of what it means or what needs to be in place. And this is what you said, when they find their flow. Let's wow. talk about how do we find our flow? What does it mean? And I'm sure it's different for everybody uh, bringing their own kind of their their definition of what flow means for them share a little bit more about this sure sure I'm sure that most people have felt the experience of when everything is just flowing right when things just seem to be showing up and happening and you just have like those days or maybe a week where everything just seems to be going right and that's really a state of flow now athletes will call that being in the zone right they can just tell when they're in the zone and when they lock into the zone they're just on like everything that happens just seems to be working out you know the interesting thing about that is that it's like a muscle that you can build and you can cultivate it. So you can build states of flow by getting out of hustle. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't moments where hustle is appropriate, but we can actually do things by changing our habits, by changing our thinking. And as a result of changing our thinking, it changes the way we feel. And when we start doing that and really focusing on good feelings and good thoughts, and um, it, it does move us into a place of flow where we tap in to you know, it's like the river going downstream instead of the river going upstream. And we're not swimming upstream anymore. Everything just seems to be showing up and resources and synchronicities and opportunities just keep showing up. So one of the things I have my clients do in addition to working on their limiting beliefs, which is, is a major part of it, is also to focus on practical habits that they do on a regular basis because our habits are reflective of, of our thinking, of our beliefs, as well as our priorities. And so, for example, one of the things I'll, I'll have my clients do is stop checking your phone when you first wake up in the morning. It's like such a simple thing. But when we start to repeat the same patterns day in and day out, we have the same predictable days 
day in and day out. And if we want a different day, if we want to experience something different, then we actually have to act differently. And that starts for me with habits that makes it really simple. So for example, brushing your teeth, if you're right hand dominant, brushing your teeth with your left hand. You know, if you wake up, you check your phone, you go to the bathroom, you probably check your phone in the bathroom, you go make coffee and shower, do things differently. Don't do it quite the same way. And then your brain starts going, what? Wait a minute. I want to do the same thing because I get those hit of chemicals that are addictive that have me doing the same stressful thing day in and day out. And when you shift that up, you start to shift neural patterns in your brain that allow for a different experience. You mentioned uh, about habits being so impactful because our habits will determine the outcome. And you mentioned about checking your phone, you know, the first thing in the, the morning. I don't even have my phone. I don't bring that into the bedroom unless, of course, I have to have my alarm on. Otherwise, my husband's phone on the other side of the bed goes off. But what are some things that you see are real habits that we need to, to look at? And the reason I say that is so often we don't even realise that some of the things that we do, it may be as a normal course of our day, i.e. picking up the phone first thing when we wake up, mm-hmm. could be inhibiting our ability to even get into flow. So what are some things that we need to be aware of that you've seen have been absolutely life-changing? Uh, social media, getting sucked into social media. That's a huge one. You know, phones are actually really addictive. I mean, you know, Facebook has spent millions of dollars hiring, you know, psychologists and MIT grads to get us addicted to devices. And it works. It really works. And so the idea is I only use social media, for example, for business. I really don't scroll through anymore. So one of the things um, that really is helpful is I see with a lot of my clients, they have, they're majorly distracted, right? So we're in this almost, I call it like a microwave culture. We're accustomed to having things on demand really quickly. And so we get distracted. We have short attention spans. And so creating focus blocks, you know, moving your habits to creating focus blocks, you can either work with your energy or you can work with the most important thing of the day first. I mean, there are many ways to actually, you know, hack your day so that you're getting the most productivity because what they actually find, which is crazy in studies, is that the average person who works eight hours a day is only productive for three and a half to four of those hours. So if you actually thought about working, say, five hours and being really productive three and a half to four of those hours, like your life would radically shift. First of all, you'd probably get more and more productive and get more stuff done, but you'd also have a more fulfilling life in the process. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Beautiful. And so with those studies, it then begs, why are people working 10, 15 hours a day when only three or so of between three and five hours of that day is is productive? A lot of that other time, I know for myself, I know when I'm I'm starting to wear down, my adrenal glands go, I find it very hard to focus. And previously, I would have pushed through that. Um, but I've realized that no, take a break go in and do something else. And when you come back, you're far more focused. So I love the way that you've shared that. So very important. It's almost like foundational, isn't it? We've yeah. got to 
mindful about what we're doing. And then as we slowly unpack that and change some of those habits, we can then develop. And uh, it's almost like, you know, you get yourself in distraction. Oh, I'm in flow. Everything's working really well. And you can get so much done. you, You can almost create that experience. Does that take time to do? Like, and, and I'd imagine you need to be very mindful about what time of day you work best, what does distract you, so you can create an environment that you know as soon as I do this, I've anchored myself to be able to straight away write because there's nothing worse than t- blocking out time in your diary and you're sitting there staring at a blank page for an hour that you've blocked out. So what are some things that we can do to, 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 to help us? Yeah, I have a client, for example, who has this exact problem that you're talking about. And one of the things that we've worked on with her is we've looked at where her energy is during the day, where her flow is. And so in the morning, she's really distracted. When she starts to try to focus on um, work that takes a lot of attention, she really doesn't get anything accomplished till early afternoon. So we have her do all her client calls in the morning because that's easy for her to do. So she blocks out her morning for client calls and for sales calls. And then in the afternoon, she focuses on, you know, content and course creation and things that require more focus and attention from her. And she finds that when she does that, she actually gets a lot more done. And so she utilizes exactly what you said, Anne-Marie, that she utilizes her energy flow during the day to work. Now, I have other clients who don't notice um, such disparate energy, you know, periods during the day. And so they may take the most important thing that they need to do and spend the first 90 days and 90 minutes focused on the most important thing that they need to do. And then they get that out of the way, right? So they focus first thing in the morning, get that out of the way. And then they maybe take a break and maybe meditate or work out or something. And then, then focus again for another like 60 or 90 minute block. And they get a lot done in their time too. So it really is um, self-awareness about what really works for you in your day. Because I can't say there's, I mean, this is with my coaching overall. There is no one size fits all. There are principles that apply across the board and then they apply individually to each person by becoming self-aware of what really works for you. Yeah. And that's the biggest insight. There is no one size fits all. I mean, how many times have we gone to to various uh, trainings where we've tried to learn a new system, a productivity system, yet that productivity system, I know for me, because I love creative projects. And if I had to do all of this and this and this first, by the time I get to do the creativity bit, I'm already worn out. So it is self-awareness is so very important. Let's talk about this topic. I think so many of us can relate to this. Our self-worth is not determined by our net worth, but our net worth is determined by our self-worth. What insights can you share here? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So how we feel about ourselves, how we feel during the day, like our feelings from a quantum physics perspective, our thoughts are the energy we broadcast out to the universe and our feelings are what we magnetize back to us. So based on how we feel is what we're experiencing, our thoughts and our feelings is what we're experiencing in our reality. Now, so when you're actually feeling good about yourself in particular, when you've got a lot of self-belief, when those limiting beliefs aren't getting in the way, when you're cultivating gratitude in your day, then actually most most of my clients experience radical expansion of their net worth. But, but often I find go-getters, high achievers, you know, 
whether it be them trying to prove themselves to their parents or prove themselves to themselves at a certain point, they just keep thinking, oh, if I just accomplish this, then I'll feel better about myself or I'll feel a sense of fulfillment. And it never happens because we're looking for something external to make us feel better about ourselves. And it's an inside out job. So it's a matter of cultivating that fulfillment, cultivating that satisfaction internally first. And then we watch miraculous things occur in our outer environment. So for example, if you really want to experience a sense of freedom, whether it be financial freedom or time freedom, you actually have to feel free first. It's not going to be that you're going to feel freedom when XYZ happens. That doesn't happen. When you cultivate a sense of inner freedom, then XYZ shows up. And so I see so, I mean, honestly, I'm guilty of this too, Amory, is like when, when my dad passed, last, uh, you know, 2019, I didn't realize, because this is the work I do, I didn't realize how much of my self-worth was still in trying to prove myself to my dad, and by accomplishing more and more and being more and more successful, and it's what I see across the board with so many high achievers, and it doesn't matter how much they've achieved, it doesn't matter if they have multiple seven-figure or eight-figure businesses, it's still what I experience. Mm. And, you know, there's a, there's a, almost uh, not a relief, I, I can't think of the word, but when we realise that this is not something that we experience on our own yeah. and, and it is until that point that we realise, you know, these, and I was like that too in the career industry, it was certification after certification. I admired colleagues around me and thought, I'll feel, I'll, I'll feel ready, I'll be ready when I get that certification. And then they launched yeah. another one and before long, you know, there was a whole string, but it, it is so true. So what are some things, God, I think this really beautifully aligns with the last piece that you want to talk about is how to rewire our brain for successful incomes. How do we start looking at some of those unhelpful beliefs that are driving those unhelpful habits and behaviors? What are some ways that we can start to shift that so that we maybe we want to do a certification, maybe we want to whatever it is, but it's not from a scarcity, I have to do yeah. that to feel yeah. good, but hey, I'm going to be able to contribute more to the clients around me and to my community. Let's look at a few insights here. Yeah, well, you just you just raised a limiting belief that I see come up a lot, which is if I just have this certification, if I just do this, then I'll finally be ready to and fill in the blank, right? That's a huge limiting belief I see. Another one that I see, you know, with entrepreneurs in particular is imposter syndrome. You know, as entrepreneurs, we're not getting paychecks anymore. Our, our ability to provide for ourselves and our family and have the life we want is completely dependent on ourselves. And when that happens, particularly when people are aligned with their purpose and they're really putting this like inner core, their gifts and talents out there, the imposter syndrome, the inner fraud comes up really big time. And so you can really look at what's happening in your life to help you determine what's the limiting belief that's controlling. And some of them, I mean, your subconscious mind, first of all, is a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. And most of us are not aware of the beliefs that are going on in your subconscious mind. And they're actually controlling 95% of your, of your life. So one of the things I really do recommend is get support, get help from somebody who understands how to navigate the subconscious mind and understands 
how to navigate limiting beliefs so that they can help you see what's really going on. Because, you know, we really can't read the label from inside the jar. So it's really hard for us to tell for ourselves what's really going on and driving us unless you've done a ton of personal development work. So my recommendation is really get support in doing it to help you move through it. Because even if you can identify it, like, you know, for me, mindset 101 that a lot of people do is really just identification of the limiting beliefs, but they don't really help people move through it in a way so that it no longer becomes an obstruction of, of their goals and their dreams. Mm. And you can see that really manifesting itself within the workplace or in your business or in life, actually, in general, isn't it? When you are in a situation, you don't necessarily need to be contributing to a conversation, but be in earshot and you hear something and all of a sudden, you know, when something triggers you because you feel it in the pit of your gut. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got that inner critic and that mind chatter going on. And I think now because of what's happening with COVID and and, and all of the restrictions and everything and so many more challenges, what's come to the forefront is a lot of this now. What am I telling myself? What am I allowing myself to listen to? Because if you surround yourself, and I think surroundings, your external um, environment and the people you associate can really impact uh, your your self-worth too through what you're allowing yourself to hear and, and absorb. Would you say that that's, that's fair? It's fair in a certain extent. You, you you touched on something that's super important, which your feelings being the barometer of what's really going on. So if you're not feeling good, then you know you're being triggered there. There's a, a limiting belief that's going on. And the truth is, is when you're solid in yourself, even if people are talking smack and, you know, they're, they're, it's it wouldn't bother you. Right. So you're solid in yourself. It wouldn't bother you. So if it is bothering you, it's a really good indicator that there's a limiting belief going on that's coming up. And that's why it's bothering you in the first place, because when people say things to us that we know aren't true, it just bounces off of us. It's kind of like Teflon. It just bounces off of us. We don't take it in. We only take it in when there's this inner part of ourselves, the subconscious mind, that believes that that's true in the first place. So that's a really good indicator. Like, did that bother me? You know, so when you're feeling bothered, then you know there's a limiting belief there that's really controlling what's going on and why you're feeling the way you are. Yeah, I love that. And I I know that you've mentioned get support. Absolutely. Because, you know, we may not necessarily be seeing things um, that that are happening. And and it's these patterns that obviously someone who's trained in this area can support. But for people, and we're going to share in a moment how people get in contact with you, but would just share a few insights, if you would, if someone can recognize there's certain things, what are, are there some basic principles that people can start? to follow just to even create almost a buffer if you will of of support till I can go out and find someone to go you know what these are issues that are really coming up and they're inhibiting me from giving you know expand expanding and and giving even more to my community but what are some things that we can do that almost create a buffer around us so that we don't constantly find ourselves in in um you know, experiencing what we were, were just sharing. Can you share? Yeah, absolutely. One of them is talked about a lot in the personal development space, but I, I can't 
um, overestimate the or, um, the or underestimate the importance of it actually, which is gratitude. You know, I have my clients, when you keep, for example, a gratitude journal and you list every day 10 things that you're grateful for, it's not just about listing it, it's about really feeling it. Because the way that the universe works, again, from a quantum physics perspective, is when you think about gratitude, you give gratitude for something that's already happened. And so when you give gratitude for things that you have in your life, then the more gratitude you have, not only do you actually feel better, but then more things like that will show up in your life. So actually cultivating an attitude of gratitude and carrying that throughout the day is really important because, for example, if you meditate, I recommend meditation too, but if you meditate and you do gratitude and you do this for like an hour in the morning, I, I teach my clients this thing called the power hour where they do journaling, gratitude, meditation, et cetera, in the morning. But then the other 23 hours of the day, you go right back into your old patterns, then it's not really helpful. So what you have to do is carry those things with you throughout the day. So maybe it means stopping and taking a break when you start to not feel so great and going back into thinking of three things you're grateful for. And that's one thing. And then the other things that, that are really powerful is, is what I call like an evidence journal of starting to keep evidence. You, we have these parts of our brain, it's called the reticular activating system that goes in search of, of whatever you believe. So it's why if you've ever gotten a new car, you start seeing that car everywhere on the road, right? And so what ends up happening is if you believe I'm not good enough, and you may not be conscious that you're believing that, but your reticular activating system will go in search of all the experiences and the people who prove to you that's true, even though the belief isn't really true in the first place. But if you're starting to have it focused on the things that you're grateful for, it will find more things to be grateful for. It will search more opportunities and experiences to be grateful for. And when you start keeping track of them, when you start keeping track of the evidence, then you send your reticular activating system in search of more of that. So those are just two really simple ways to do it, but you have to do it consistently. You know, because your, your brain, the wiring in your brain is like this path in a... Um, in a field of tall grass, right? So you're accustomed to walking this particular path every day and it's well-worn and you decide you wanna create a new path, which is what you really wanna do. You want something different. And when you start to do walk on the new path, if you only do it once, the grass bounces right back up. But if you do it over and over and over again consistently in 66 days to create a new habit and wire it into your brain, then all of a sudden you have a different experience of life. Mm. So true. You know, as you were sharing uh, those wonderful insights, I'm reminded of a, a situation where someone implemented that and, you know, through consistency, they really were able to, to change that. And one of the things that I have found to be true too is some, you know, unhelpful beliefs that I have changed and spe specifically, you know, around identity. When things happen, you're able to recognise it and then shift it straight away. So it may, it, it's not it, never going to be an issue. You'll recognise it, but it doesn't become an issue because you go, you know what, I don't believe that anymore. That's just, you can brush that aside and that's where I think it's it's so important to recognise. So I'm going to share my screen and bring up your website and then as I do, share a little bit more about the work that you do do, how people can get in contact with you, all of that good stuff. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So people can get in touch with me through my website, which is www.elenaschwartz.com, or they can reach out to me at support at elenaschwartz.com. And I hang out on LinkedIn quite a bit, which is how you and I met. Um, so you'll see a lot of free content, a lot of podcasts that I offer. There's, you know, there's like a lot of great stuff out there. And, and I work with six to seven plus figure uh, entrepreneurs and leaders um, and help them grow their impact and work significantly less. So, you know, if you're looking to really scale, like I'm, I'm not, I don't grow, I don't help people grow their business. I help them scale, which is actually different. So if you're really looking to scale impact and income and work less, then I'd love to have a conversation. Yeah, fantastic. And again, that uh, website, alainaschwartz.com, A-L-A-I-N-A, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. We'll have all of the details in the, the show notes as well. So please connect uh, with Elena. And, of course, Elena, you said you're on LinkedIn. Um, follow her there. Connect with her there. Let her know that you are hearing and reaching out because you heard of her in on the Women in Leadership. Uh, Elena, as we're finishing up the show, uh, we, you've sh- just shared some beautiful insights that I know is going to be so helpful We've only just scratched the surface. I mean, we could talk about this for the whole day, but what would be one final insight that you would love to, to leave with people today before we finish the show? Yeah, you know, it's um, what I would love to say is that so much more is possible for people than they actually realize. You know, when when we tap into universal intelligence, when we go beyond what our uh, brain has the capacity, our brains are these amazing antennas. And when we can tap in to this larger experience, we, we can create so many miraculous things in our life, in our relationships, in our, you know, careers and businesses, you know, with our families, like so much is really possible. And, and I really want everybody to understand that, you know, if you work through the, the stuff that's holding you back and you just open up to greater possibility, you can actually have an unbelievably extraordinary life. And, you know, my goal, my, my goal on this planet is to help people live extraordinary lives and be able to give their gifts and talents to the world in a much bigger way that creates a deep level of inner satisfaction and fulfillment and ability and capacity to enjoy their lives in a deeper way. What a beautiful way to uh, to finish the show, Elena. And thanks once again for coming Thank on the show and so sharing much. your I, I really appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's the influence slash podcast series.